dun, 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 dun. We have intro music. <laughs> Why are you doing that? I did uh, I did it this time. I so I guess I don't music. need to edit yeah. <laughs> I added the intro music. Do we call this like what did they used to call it in MTV like uh unplugged? <laughs> is this our is this go walk yourself unplugged? This is a this is Q and A. We've gotten a lot of we've gotten a lot of questions from all of you and we're gonna answer them. <laughs> don't lie. <laughs> okay, well, although if you do have questions or uh, we we did talk about if you had topics. Yeah. For discussion. Go walk yourself. Yeah. Okay, so we have some big news. We're live from our new studio. <laughs> yes. Uh, one day we'll tweet out pictures of it. <laughs> Anyways, what were we talking about? Yeah, so we just kind of got on this conversation about um, Donald Trump and the people around him. And then we started talking about his inner inner circles, his innermost ideological circles. Um, and like these aren't like his typical along for the ride supporters. Like the people who, you know, who see an opportunity with Trump. Like these are the people who are completely captured yeah. by his worldview and his ideas. Uh, we, I mean, we were talking about uh, Kellyanne Conway as uh, someone someone like that Stephen Miller Stephen uh, Miller quite a few but yeah Kellyanne Conway has been an interesting one yeah Kellyanne Conway is the overzealous egotistical hill turn yes it is she is the AU or Georgetown kid who works for their congressman or congresswoman's office and wants to run this town evil hill turn evil hill turn coming to a Halloween store near you <laughs> um yeah, but she just, like, it's almost like she lives in one big House of Cards episode. Like, she's not dumb, but she's also not the brightest. And I think, I don't know her, but, like, from her appearances, she seems to not be the brightest. But, like, she is in it to win it. She is ruthless. She will defend that man until the day she dies. Alternative facts. <laughs> She was such a meme at the beginning of the presidency. Yeah. She's calmed down a bit. Yeah, but, I mean, these are these are people who, like you said, they'll stop at nothing. And once you're in that world, it's it's almost like they're just completely captured. And they there's no way to see the outside world when you're a part of that. Yeah. Because the only thing that matters is the people on top. Oh, are you taking a picture here? <laughs> I have to document this. We're in our new studio. Yeah, that's no, a beautiful studio. I think the acoustics are pretty good, too. We're going to put in some foam. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> and I like some of the accessories we've put in here. <laughs> <laughs> Unplugged, indeed. Um, but, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um one character we were talking about who still operates in the shadows is um Bannon Steve Bannon yeah and he, that's a strange one because he is ideological yeah through and through yeah and that has made him sort of a figure in the shadows and 
in the conservative world. And yet he's present. Like he's there. Yeah. And the the fact that he was in Trump's circle, I feel like, you know, we talk about it a lot, but I don't think we really grasp that very much. Those people, it's like, <laughs> it's it's like they were always in society and like we knew they were there, but nobody legitimized them. Not even the right. Like, like Marco Rubio was not consulting Steve Bannon or like they were not citing that website or nonetheless tweeting about it. But like Trump legitimized all of these illegitimate people and illegitimate causes. And... It's like the magic touch, like whatever he touches. But the, the, the crowds that percent love it. The crowds that followed those sources since before Trump, like he riled them up. Yeah. And I mean Breitbart is huge now. It is. And it's it's a it's a accepted accepted amongst those circles. Yeah. Because oh look, Steve Bannon, uh, you know Trump's guy. Um, but then you you think about the people who have associated themselves with those circles. I mean, Milo Yiannopoulos is one of the examples that we were talking yeah. about. But I mean, these are these are fringe areas of media. And I mean, Trump was on Alex Jones' show too. And look, I'm not like you know, I, there's there are people who go on people's shows who they disagree with, and I'm like, I that's fine. Like if someone wants to go on Alex Jones' show, whatever. But I mean, they they're in touch. Yeah. And these are audiences that Trump panders to. And now even Fox News panders to them. Like they see that that is the rhetoric that his base likes, and they go for it. Yep. Like Fox News has always been right leaning, but. What they've become since Trump, even Obama. Obama's when they really started to turn. But Trump just enforces Well, who's it. who's one of the top uh, Fox News nightly shows now? It's Tucker. Tucker yeah. Carlson. He's yeah. a populist. Yeah. Through and through, he's a populist. And all he talks about is immigration. Yeah. And he has one of the most watched shows on nightly oh, news. He is obnoxious there's no <laughs> other way to put it like <laughs> the but, faces he makes but he's what though that crowd is looking for because he doesn't talk about like, classical conservative ideas bill buckley conservatism like he doesn't he doesn't give a damn about any of that yeah. he's about the you know populist nationalist right of today that's what he represents. Yeah. Eddie, what do they get from it? Like, they got to once in a while, we were talking about this earlier, they have to once in a while think about how they're going to be reflected in the history books. I know that sounds I cliche. I think they convince themselves that, I mean, they, they, they think what they're doing is right. Do they? All of them are just the dumb ones. Well, it's hard to tell often. Who's who? Who really knows? Who's just playing? You know that. I mean, that's fundamentally uh, is unknowable. But the people but, who really know, mm -hmm. they're the scary ones. Like, they're the ones who know how wrong it is, and they're just saying, "I'm gonna ride this wave until I die." Yeah. Like, the amount they are accomplishing, that scary conservative agenda. 
I mean, it'd be like if Bernie, <laughs> like Bernie and like a whole government of Bernies. Like he, if Congress, like a majority of Democrats are not Bernie Sanders Democrats, but like if all of a sudden they pretended to be while, while Bernie's president, that's scary. Republicans would lose it. I can't equate them exactly. In, no, no. But like, it's like even Bernie's sc- not a bad guy, and right. far left Democrats are not necessarily bad people. But just in terms of like what it, the the agenda they would but accomplish. But that's why it's scary because even if that happened, what you're describing, even if that happened, that would be frightening yeah. to an extent. Why aren't we terrified now that it's happening with someone who doesn't have yeah the interests of America in mind at all? Yeah, it's it's all about self enrichment. It's about narcissism. And we're sitting back like it's completely normal. Like it's just a bad day in government. Right. Well, we were, yeah, this is, this is, I think, the inspiration for this episode tonight is when we first started talking about impeachment, like it, when it first started becoming like a mainstream thing, when Ukraine started happening and these, mm-hmm. these freshman military Democrats came out and said, hey, we're going to, we're going to move forward on this. Um, you and I talked about how it's go big or go home. The Senate's not going to remove him from office so you need to make the most out of what you have which is the process of impeachment and ride it like a pony show i don't even know if that's the right saying but when that article first came out that you sent me yeah you were very excited you were up in arms you were yelling about it i like jumped around on the couch I, i sat down and i read that article and i was like wow yeah wow and you and i both said like this is this is the moment like this is go big or go home and now we're at that crossroads we had public hearings today like yeah and i know that's going to be news to a lot of you (laughs) (laughs) because no one watched them but but yeah i mean this is the opportunity that they were waiting for they need to act DC is on fire. Like the whole town is just burning down. Like your democracy is burning down. And they're trying to, uh, you said procedural. Yes. That's like, they're, it, it is too procedural. They're trying to act too procedural. Like, oh, we're not, we're going to be impartial on this. No, you're Democrats. He's a Republican and he's burning our democracy down. You're not supposed to be impartial. We elected you to go up there and hold him accountable. And everyone's always yelling about how impeachment is political. Yes. It's political. If they're going to politicize it on the right, we should on the left. Mobilize the armies, AOC. And and you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't make it Bill Clinton esque in terms of attention if you're not willing to go yeah. there. That's what Republicans were willing to do. They were willing to go there. Democrats have to be willing to go there. Can they pull it off? (laughs) At this point... They're not. I'm unconvinced. Me too. That's really upsetting. And it's a little disappointing in, in someone like Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. She knows the media better than anyone. Why is she not walking out of these hearings... I mean, she's not in them, but why, you know, why is she not holding a press conference right after they're over and saying the man needs to be in prison, you know? 
cater to your activist base. Like, they will spread the word for you. Have them marching in the streets. Yeah, and especially since, like, okay, the the Bill Clinton impeachment was one thing. It was televised. We live in a whole different age now. Yeah. If you want to get the word out, you can get the word out. If you want Trump impeached to be the number one hashtag or whatever for, you know, the next three days, that's doable. Yeah. But, like, this could be an ultimate spectacle. Like, imagine. Imagine what that would look like. You could totally see it. Everyone's watching it live. You know, people are stopping classes to watch it. You know, um... You know, AU Dems is having a watch yeah, party. Yeah, watch party. Like this, <laughs> this could be done. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, it's a completely wasted, missed opportunity. And it's not even a missed opportunity politically. It's a missed opportunity to set things right. Yeah. Like that would be that could be, in a weird way. I know it sounds like you know liberal bubble or whatever, but that could be a unifying moment of uh, taking our democracy back. I think about how, like, all these competitive Democrats who ran and flipped their seats in 2018, they didn't run on impeachment. Mm-hmm. But they didn't run from it either. Yeah. And we knew what we were getting ourselves into sending them there. Take advantage of that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we got independents to vote for you because you do have a good stance on health care. But, like, they also knew you were going to go up there and hold them accountable. They're going to vote for you again as long as you convince them that you're on to something here. Mm-hmm. That you're not just holding these hearings just because. Just like the Mueller report. Like, it shouldn't be the Mueller report extended. And that's mm-hmm. what I think people think it is right now. Yep. Like, they think it is the same, drawn out. People don't even know they're two separate it's a issues. Because th- that's, the, that's the thing. Like, people think it's just one continuous investigation. Yeah. This is different. It is. It's so different. Um. Wow, <laughs> this is a revelation. It is. Um. So, like, Eddie, how do they convince people? How do they make it? Like, I don't think it's an issue that's hard to grasp. No, it's not. And I mean, this is the. This is kind of. I mean, we we were talking about this earlier too. The standard right now for what we're willing to accept from our politicians is so unbelievably low. Yeah. And that's just, that's an absolute tragedy. Yeah. I mean, we have, there are children in cages. Yeah. On U.S. soil. Yeah. Sleeping in tinfoil. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's not even like, you know, whatever hysteria. You can see videos of these facilities and the conditions they're uh, living in. Here's what it comes down to for me. It is because of how much wrong is done on a daily basis with this administration. A sense of apathy is created in which, like, shit, it's bad times right now. I just hope we live through it to see the day. But, like, there's nothing I can do about it. So I might as well just, like, glance over it. And it's, it's nobody's fault. There's no way to expect someone to retain that much anger 
about specific things. Does that make any sense? Like, there's no expectation that I'm going to be able to remind myself every single day and be mad about every single day that there are kids in tinfoil sleeping bags. But we have to, like, try. Like, we have to have the energy for just, like, a little while longer, right? Yes. Like, when he was elected, we were all out in the streets. Like, there were rallies with hundreds of people attending all the time because we knew... We knew the crossroads our country was at. And and then they, we just kept asking for more and more and more energy from us. But, like, if there's a time to rebound and get back involved and say, holy shit, like, there are kids in tinfoil bags at the borders, now is that time. I, I completely agree. And, you know, it might be at this point... You know, like the the in terms of the impeachment moment, this is something they can only pull once. Yeah. Like this is a one time opportunity. Yeah. So it needs to happen now. Think about it this way in the terms of democratic malpractice. They had the Mueller report. That was pretty bad shit. And they still didn't manage to win the game against yep. them. And for some reason, Trump gave him a second swing. It's pretty disheartening. And he gave him a much stronger bat this yeah. time to swing with. Are we still going to miss? Like, But I think now that might just be proof that we live in an age where that that stuff doesn't matter to enough people who are willing to support him. They don't care what we find. Because to them, it's all a witch hunt. It's all illegitimate for having, for the question having even been asked. And so those people are always going to be with him. And they're going to vote for him no matter what. And the people who are in his circles are always going to deny, deny, deny Mm -hmm and say it's a witch hunt and because they're at the very top of the hierarchy they're they're his right-wing guys uh i think about the guys like devin nunez matt gates like what the hell is wrong with those people Mm. uh the worst one lindsey graham oh yeah they get totally captured and you could see the dissent for him. That's I think that's why Lindsey Graham is so interesting as a like because over the course of a couple of years, yeah, he just went full Trump mode. Yeah. Um. Ted Cruz is who else we were talking about? Yep. That one is just disappointing. Ted Cruz was a like a what is it called like a firebrand? Mm-hmm. And he just gave that up for the cause. The guy insulted his wife very yeah. personally and very aggressively. And accused his <laughs> accused his dad of killing Kennedy. <laughs> oh man, twenty sixteen was so fucked up. <laughs> Dude. I, can you believe all of that happened? Wait, was it accused his dad of killing Kennedy? It was something like that. His, one of his relatives. His... 
yeah, anyways. Oh, my God. Um, Where do we go from here? Do things just, like, we elect a new president and all of a sudden, like... We just pretend this never happened. All these, like, crazy Republicans just, like, kind of, like, fall apart. Like, they go back to normal. They suddenly don't care well, about... Well, that's the, that's the other thing we were talking about, because you can be in those bubbles, and it seems like you're on top of the world. But once you're kicked out of those bubbles... When was the last time we heard from, uh, what's his name? Who's, uh, uh, uh Scaramucci. <laughs> when was the last time we heard from him? Dude, he really wasn't in the bubble. <laughs> he w- he was, he went through the grinder for ten days. <laughs> and his entire reputation is now destroyed. <laughs> and He's n- a nobody now. And nobody likes him. Like the nobody likes him. The Republicans him. hate him. And that's the thing. A few people who jumped off the ship. Democrats are kind of like, yeah, we fucks with you. Yeah. But, like, most of the time, you're just an outcast. You're untouchable. You're radioactive. You know who the most No one can one trust is? you. Comey. Very strange. <laughs> Very strange. He embodies that whole idea. <laughs> like, he thinks Democrats worship him. We don't. A higher loyalty. <laughs> she fucked up. Oh, you're the whole reason we got him in the first place. Did Eric just decide to shower? I wonder if that's audible on the um, podcast. It's being picked up. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> it's nice, like, ASMR in the background. <laughs> I, I, I can find out if they're... No, actually, this is a nice aesthetic. It's kind of loud in the background. Really? All right, we'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah, let's just keep it rolling. This will be like found footage. The people who jumped off the ship. This is the noise Matt Gates is hearing right now. Water pouring <laughs> into the ship, slowly sinking. When is the proper time to jump off? But No, but I, th- I mean, okay, I want to return back to Scaramucci here because the... Everyone who joins that cult. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's close that. Every that made all the difference. That made all the difference. I'm I don't so sorry that our three listeners oh, had to undergo gracious. that. Yeah, that's that's sad. But these people, they get they get in the highest rungs mm-hmm. of of like political and for them social because they're all like intermingling money money honey. money and they get a taste of that life and once they're out of it no one wants anything to do with them yeah they become on dancing un- with the stars <laughs> oh my god but yes no yeah. i totally like and um you the bubble is the perfect way to put it like you're going to all these big events for trump like you are living this like fun glamorous life like altered and for them for them that's what that's what a rich wealthy powerful lifestyle looks like that's what that is the trump brand since before he was running for president like that lifestyle and now he's brought it to a presidential level oh god and people love that i still think when i go in the smithsonian the natural not natural history american history museum uh, there's all the portraits of the presidents. And then Trump's at the end. Yep. 
And he's going to be there forever. You don't get impeached and right. suddenly the history books forget about it. <laughs> yeah. No, we did this. We did this. We did this. Oh, dear Lord. How do we remember it? Do... How long... Okay, a better way of putting that is how long did the 37% continue to live in their alternative reality? Like, what happens to those people, Eddie? Do they start accepting Mitt Romney's again? No. The the ideology and the appeal of it comes from somewhere. And I think that's largely economic unrest, fundamentally. I mean, a lot of these places are areas that I mean we've been talking a lot about automation like these jobs that have been replaced by automation and will continue to be and the unrest that comes from that and and the opioid epidemic you know there's all these issues that are plaguing communities that are going unaddressed and that makes ideology and you know the you know blaming other groups, yep. you know, could I say it any clearer, uh, for all your problems, like, all of these ideas, like... That's the line from an Obama speech. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, but anyways. Um, you know, like, like all of your problems got, like, the economics, like, immigrants are taking your jobs. Yeah. Immigrants are bringing over drugs. You know, the immigrants are committing crime. You know, all of these things, like... All of the problems that you're seeing in your community are attributable to these people coming yep. in. And that's what the wall's all about. Yep. That was all Trump had to sell while he was campaigning. And he just stuck to it. He said, I'm going to build a wall. That's what I'm going to do. But that's what I'm saying, Eddie, is who can replicate that? Who is the top of the ticket in 2024? Because he had both the ideology and the charisma. And, and the word is charisma. Like... It, it is its own weird narcissistic form of charisma, but like his people love it. They love the arrogance. They love the, is it brashness? Is that the word? Yep. Who replicates it? Mm-hmm. They, they couldn't fall in love with Ted Cruz in 2016. Yeah. No, he doesn't have what Trump has. All I'm asking is how quickly does the party rebound? I want to say, parties go through this but this is i think this is a stretch that no party's seen well i've heard the argument made that the if you look at what the right uh looks like in european countries it's it's a lot more of this like sort of nationalist you know recently anti-immigrant um but still on a lot of economic fronts like pretty liberal we haven't seen that yet but it seems like we could see a move towards some of those more um fiscally liberal but you know nationalist parties um like we might see that manifested in the united states i, I don't know i mean I, I it seems like the, it's a it's a decent move in that direction since the trump presidency and it might just continue like, that way all i can think about is like grover norquist Americans for tax reform like Mm -hmm. like that is the party that is the conservative base that he so perfectly utilized taxes was I think those are the people along for the ride though like those people the people who care about like um 
you know, giving corporations tax breaks. Those those are the people who are opportunists, and that's why they're voting for Trump. But I'm talking about the people who don't want their middle class taxes raised. They don't want the cost of health care raised. Those are the people worried about auto. Well, they should be worried about automation, but they're more worried about immigrants taking their job. Like the middle class guy in Ohio, like he votes based off the wallet. And in this case, it was manifested into immigration, but it was still a, a, a pocketbook issue. Um, so. But that's just a. He's asking for the same thing, fundamentally. It's just one's a simple solution that he can wrap his brain around, and the other is a complicated 20 page plan about how you can reduce the cost of health care or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So that's. That's what I'm saying, is that these economic anxieties that he's, that whoever, our theoretical guy is experiencing, what, what Trump was selling was the antidote to that. And the antidote happened to be really simple. We're just going to build a wall and then boom. And then we're going to fix some trade deals. We're going to do some trade magic and boom, it's back to, you know, Make America great again. But he's not delivering on those things. But it, that, that doesn't matter. Because it appears like he is. It's like, when you ask him, like, Trump, how's the whatever? Like, oh, it's the greatest economy this world has ever seen. It's the, like, we have more jobs than ever. We have, and, like, you have the, G the GOP tweeting out job statistics every day. Um, it's like they're creating this feeling that things are going up. Yeah. But you look around, and you gotta wonder, like, yeah, the economy's, you know, good, but is it gonna last? Yeah. And what happens when it takes a downturn? On top of automation moving, mm -hmm. the way it is, and, and in a way, it in a, a recession, you know, that could speed up automation. It certainly will. Didn't it in 2009? That scares me. Yeah. Makes me think the time for Yang isn't in 20 years. It might be right now. It might be. I like UBI. I do too. Um, we were pretty captivated by it not too long ago. It was, I mean, I, I think it was just, for me, really refreshing to see someone talking about those issues. Mm -hmm. um, because that, that requires a certain level of not giving a fuck about what, you know, how, how you look. Because yeah. you, you're like the nerdy guy who comes into the room and it's like, oh, actually, like, these are the issues you should be most concerned about. And it's like, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> he's absolutely spot on. And, like, you compare, I mean, the world he talks about and the world that Joe Biden talks about are two different yep. worlds. Yep. You hit the nail on the head with that one. <laughs> you did. Um, and that's, that's the sad part about Joe is Joe, Joe's <laughs> Shit brand. on Joe Biden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we made it 31 minutes. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. New record. <laughs> the world or the brand that Joe Biden has built is roll up your sleeves at your blue collar job yep. and get to work. How many times has he said that line like 
my father always told me work isn't just about a paycheck yeah. it's about respect like you know that's his yeah. that's his whole shtick that's his motif <laughs> and in every event he's got his firefighters for biden there from the firefighters union and all i can think is one of the biggest flaws with joe is that i think he's been in the washington bubble in the gazillionaire bubble for so long mm. now you know rubbing elbows with the one percent i think what if he's lost that i think he has i don't think it's a what if yep. i think that that is people the are policy seeing that. disconnect we are seeing is these people we assume to go in Joe Biden's corner because he spoke for them and always has. That's why Brock put him on the ticket. Elizabeth is selling them better. Uh, so many people are. Pete, they all are. They are attracting this white working class crowd that we just assumed was going to skate Joe Biden through this. Well, they're more connected. Um, you know, I heard on... Um Kyle Kalinske, do you follow him? Mm -mm. He said that uh, Joe Biden's campaign um, was running a limited, ex uh, I think it was called like a limited exposure campaign, which is basically like based around like making sure he doesn't <laughs> make public appearances too often. Just try like, and stay right Yeah, tries to stay like, like kind of under the radar, except at like rallies, I guess. Um, because those are those people are people who are, you're gonna get riled up regardless of what yeah. you say. Um, but but I remember, uh, God, it, it must have been a year ago when we were talking about Joe Biden and um, and just like his his slurring his speech. Remember the first time when we were talking about him just like slurring his words? It was. Yeah. How long has this primary been going? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it it couldn't have been a year ago, yeah, but it, it was, was probably beginning of the semester. Right. Well, no, no. This was at um. This was in Constitution. Really? I remember? Yeah. Has it been going on that long? It, yes. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> never okay, but problem. anyways, yeah, and it's only gone downhill from there. Yeah. No. <laughs> Moment of silence for Joe. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, hey, it, he deserves all the credit for his vice presidency, and his legacy will always be a like a beloved guy in politics. And like, uh, sure, like, he, it's only natural that he'll go out with a gaff like this. Dude, young people loved Joe. He was a meme. He was yeah. the guy. Yeah. Now, find me a young person who doesn't think he's problematic. Well, yeah. I mean, that was bound to happen from him. That's sad, though. Jumping in, yeah. I had Joe Biden and Barack sitting on a bench with their arms around. Yeah, but I just mean in the broader history of it all, when we look yeah. back, I think he'll he he'll has, definitely retain his He still status. has one hell of a fan base. I mean, the people who yeah. like Joe love Joe. I'm in that Facebook group. They have some yeah. kind words for Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. What do you think about the people who just miss Obama? Where are, are you, they right now? You're looking at them. I, I'm not in love with any of them like I was with him, and I don't think anybody is. Yeah. Well, besides, you know, the further left crowd, because they never loved Obama in the first place. Mm -hmm. Although, Obama kept a good hold on those people. He never had super left-wingers really dragging him to the left. Like, 
They're critical of him now, though. They are. The left wingers are. It's Biden's fault, though. They were quiet. They might have been quiet during his presidency, but I mean, and some weren't, honestly. But now, they didn't oh have my brands God. like like imagine yeah. the role of AOC with Barack right. Obama right. In, in the White House. Oh man, some of that some of that shit would not fly. Although with her. I'm not sure AOC could have existed in Congress without Trump. But that's the other thing, yeah. She probably wouldn't be there. No, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, jeez. I miss him, like. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Warren is, is on track to impress me the same way. Her speaking skills, her, her knack for policy. And her ability to sell her message to the American people, it's not Obama, but that's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for a replacement. Right. We're looking for someone else. Like. And a lot of the, I mean, you you and I both saw Obama, um, and oh. it was, we won't say at what event, but... <laughs> uh. At a Governor Northern rally... There's nothing problematic about that. We're canceled now, so. Um, but before he was even governor. Yeah, no. Uh, but I mean, you and I, we on the drive home, we were both stunned. We were shook. Yeah, like, it w- it was really something. And man, it, there there is something about. I mean, that is a once in a, you know, generation kind of politician. But it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that someone like a Warren or, you know, Mayor Pete, you know, whoever, uh, whoever you're, you know, whoever you want, you can still build a movement that is powerful. Yeah. And you, do, you don't necessarily need, like, the figurehead, like, to be on that caliber. Yeah. You just need to have a set of good ideas. At this point, people, like, we, we talked about the standards being lower. Like, that that could be an opportunity to just say, like, look, I have I have just some ideas. Yeah. And, like, that can be enough. And, and that can be the start of, of healing and repairing uh, what's been done. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um... Obama, though. Now you really got me thinking about him. But anyways, um, I think what Warren has, though, is the ability to get people to change their minds and be proud of progressive policies, to not think of them as far left, to think of them as just this, this is normal. Or even idealist. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole... The whole right-wing talking point is that this is socialism. It's never worked. Um, it's purely ideological. And Warren is taking it down a notch and saying, no, like, these policies are doable, and here's how they're doable, yeah. and that's it. Like, that's how it is. And there's none of this, like, ideological fluff added to it. Yeah. It's just, like, here's the plans, like, you know, take it or leave it, it works, you know? Um, and I think that's something that's going to speak a lot to a lot of, you know, moderate swing voters who aren't very much sold on the whole socialism thing that, 
you know, AOC is proud to go around and say, like, I'm, you know, she has, she's associated with the Democratic Socialists of America. Justice Democrats. Um, Like, she she is ideological, and she's not afraid to say it. Mm -hmm. She's proud of it. And that is the kind of Democrat that scares off a lot of those sort of, you know, you know, uh, swing voters. But you were right in saying that, you know, Warren... All I can think about is if Warren is the nominee, she is given a platform to spread her message on that only a select few people are given. You know, like the, the ability, the earned media from everything you do gives you a unique opportunity. And to have her message, um, what is it you say about her that when you just let her talk, it's very hard to find anything objectionable about what she says? Yeah. And that's the power of Warren, is her ability to make you just step back and think. Um, go back and listen to a former podcast. I bet I shitted, shat, shitted. <laughs> I bet I criticized her because I just, I thought of her as too far left. I thought of her as not pragmatic, not a, be able, not being able to get stuff done in Washington. But she got me just from, you know, giving her a few times listening to her on the news at debates when i get to meet her like it's just like shameless self-promotion um it's just like i didn't find anything objectionable about what she said but that's that's the that's the gift that she has is that the more you hear from her the better it gets Mm -hmm. and she that that just shows that the sky's the limit because she just has to get the word out a lot of the criticism that I hear from her and the reason why people don't like her is because of what they've heard about her. Yep. And Pocahontas. Right, right. Angry. Yeah, socialist, whatever. But then, I mean, you hear her talk for five minutes and you're hooked. Yeah. But it's a different kind of hooked than Obama. It's like, th- this one's like, I'm hooked because I'm excited about the ideas. Yeah. Him, I was excited about him. And I'm not not excited about her. Mm-hmm. She's a cool candidate. Like, she's smart. Yeah. She's witty. And I think she's got a great personality. I, really I, do. I wholeheartedly agree. It's funny. Sometimes I think she's trying a little too hard. But you know what? I think she might be. What if she's just excited? Yeah. Like, I think she's just having a really good time on the campaign trail. But what a better foil for Trump. Yeah. Because Trump approaches it cynically and aggressively and she approaches it aggressively but in an excited optimistic way (laughs) all i can think about is her like this like image of him on the debate stage and her just like physically just like running in circles around him like an annoying little kid and he just like he'd be swatting at her and swatting (laughs) at her and just couldn't quite get to her oh man i hope that was a good analogy (laughs) Uh, <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> Do I need to edit that out? Absolutely not. If you edit that out, <laughs> all the miserable things you've said on here that I refuse to edit out. So uh, yeah, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I- well, this was a fantastic talk. I gotta say, I like these impromptu sort of discussions the content we're gonna keep it coming yeah i hope the viewers want it 
And if you don't, well, then go walk yourself because we're, we're coming. <laughs> we had technical difficulties, by the way. So. Oh, yeah. yeah the audio. We got to fix our equipment. This is the second time now this has happened. This is unacceptable. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, Edward, from our new studio, 921-4100 Massachusetts Avenue. Is that bad? Are we going to get hate mail? <laughs> anyways, Eddie Michelson. Lucas Anderton. Go off yourself. Go off yourself. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.